Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, we thank Thee that Thou art He who is Lord of heaven and earth, ruler of all nations, able to turn the hearts of princes to do Thy will. And we pray, our Father, that Thou wouldst work in the hearts of men in high places in this country, in the courts and legislative assemblies that give freedom to Thy church to Christian schools everywhere and to deliver those who are oppressed and convicted by the courts and to give them freedom to do thy work and to teach thy children. Bless us this morning as we give ourselves to the study of thy word. Give us joy in thy government, joy in thy truth, and joy in thy so great salvation. In Jesus' name, amen. Our scripture is Matthew seven twenty-one through 23. And our subject, false faith. We are coming to the climax of the Sermon on the Mount. And here our Lord deals with false faith. Matthew seven twenty one through 23. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name, and in thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works? And then will I profess unto you, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. We are told by Matthew at the end of this chapter, and it came to pass when Jesus had ended these sayings, the people were astonished at his doctrine. For he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. How shall we understand that statement? The scribes very definitely had authority. They were the trained expositors of the Bible. They were recognized as the religious leaders of Israel. What Matthew means by that is that our Lord taught them not as the scribes, but one having much higher authority. Our Lord clearly taught, not as one having authority to expound the law, but as the one who gave the law. Again and again, he says, ye have heard that it hath been said of old, but I say unto you, and he corrects the interpretation given or the false impressions given concerning the law. And when he says, I say, he declares that he himself is very God. Moreover, he says that he is the door, that none shall enter into the kingdom of heaven apart from him. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. He says also that he is the great judge at the last judgment. Many will say to me in that name, day, Lord, Lord, 
Have we not done these things? And then, he says, I will profess unto you, I never knew you. So our Lord speaks very clearly, very plainly, as God, as the great judge, as the one who gave the word, who interprets it, and who is the door to eternal life. Now, in terms of this, when we look at his words in this passage, we find certain things very clearly in focus in what he has to say. First, he says, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, or Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. The duty of obedience takes precedence over everything else. This means that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. It means that we obey his law word. It is not enough to say, I believe the doctrine or I believe in the Lord, because faith is more than a simple assent. Faith really means faithfulness, faithfulness, that we believe and we obey. Our Lord's brother James made this point clear also in what he said in James 2:14 through 17, as well as 26, when he said, What doth it profit, my brethren? Though a man say he hath faith and have not works, can faith save him? If a brother or sister be naked and destitute of daily food, and if one of you say unto him, unto them, Depart in peace, be warmed and filled, notwithstanding ye gave him not those things which are needful for the body, what doth it profit? Even so faith, if it hath not works, is dead, being alone. For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. Our Lord is here saying the same thing. It is judgment day. And these people have presented themselves to him as he taught also later in the parable of the judgment. They expect to be blessed by him. And he says, Depart from me, I never knew you. And they cry out, Lord, when? These are people who claim to be Christian. When saw I the poor, naked, thirsty, hungry, in prison, and as much as you did it unto the least of these, or in as much as you did it not unto the least of these, you did it to me, or you did it not unto me. Moreover, the duty of obedience is to the every word of God. It is obedience. These people come forward and say, we have done mighty things. Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? Which means either foretell the future or preach, basically. In thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works. Rather impressive record, is it not? 
And there are no doubt men today, leaders, who say, we have preached for thee, Lord. We've put up five churches in our ministry. We've been a tremendous person in this or that way for thy church and thy kingdom. But our Lord is very clear. It is faithfulness, not doing mighty things that counts. Today there are many church builders and there are many seminary professors who can tell you a great deal about it, verse after verse, and live by none of it, who fit this category. Lip service is condemned by our Lord. But even more, what does our Lord say about these people who have prophesied or preached in his name and they're not charged with false preaching, cast out devils in his name and in our Lord's name done many wonderful works. Then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye workers of iniquity. Now the word iniquity in the Greek of the New Testament is anomia, which some of you will recognize. Lawlessness. Lawlessness. Have you obeyed me? That's the test. You are workers of lawlessness. And none of these impressive works count when you have not kept my law. If you believe me, keep my commandments. If you love me, keep my commandments. Yet men regard these three things that are cited here by these workers of iniquity very, very highly. But our Lord applies the term iniquity to good works which are not in obedience to the word of God. They may be impressive before men, but not before God. One of the great men of the Middle Ages, St. Anselm, who was the, one of the figures who inspired the reformers, fought against the rationalism of the day. And he said, Lord, I believe in order that I might understand. Abelard said, I will seek to understand in order that I may believe. He was a rationalist. He said, I will believe nothing unless I can first of all understand it. But Abelard said, I believe in order that I might understand. Now, our Lord says in John 7, verse 17, If any man will do his, God's will, he shall know the doctrine. If any man shall do his will, he shall know the doctrine. How do we know the Lord better? Why, by obeying him. Obeying him. And what child knows his father best? than the obedient child because they are brought closer and closer together by that obedience. 
Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven. In other words, we are faithful, we are obedient, in order that we might grow in faith. The more we obey the Lord, the more we know him, the greater our faith becomes. And our Lord says to all such who will not depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Our Lord uses this sentence twice. He uses it here and in the parable of the last judgment. He quotes it from a psalm of David. Psalm 6, verse 8. David there appeals to God and he declares in faith to all those that work iniquity, depart from me because the Lord God shall judge all workers of iniquity. And Jesus Christ says, I am here as that judge. And I now declare unto all that work iniquity, depart from me. Christ speaks now as that judge. And the self-righteous are judged. Notice these people whom our Lord casts out assumed they were the saved. Why, it's so obvious. Lord, have we not prophesied and done this and that and the other thing? Isn't it obvious to you? We belong in heaven. And he says to them, Depart from me. They expected an affirmative reply. But our Lord cast them out. Because... As the prophet said, these people speaking the word of God obey me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Our Lord here is very obviously dealing with false followers within the kingdom, a point that Calvin centuries ago in commenting on this text brought out very clearly. And he said, and I quote, Christ extends his discourse farther, for he speaks not only of false prophets who rush upon the flock to tear and devour, but of hirelings who insinuate themselves under false appearances as pastors, though they have no feeling of piety. This doctrine embraces all hypocrites, whatever may be their rank or station. But at present he refers particularly to pretended teachers who seem to excel others. He not only directs his discourse to them to rouse them from the indifference in which they lie asleep like drunk people, but also warns believers not to estimate such masks beyond their proper value. In a word, he declares that so soon as the doctrine of the gospel shall have begun to bear fruit by obtaining many disciples, there will not only be very many of the common people who falsely and hypocritically submit to it, but even in the rank of pastors there will be the same treachery. 
so that they will deny by their actions and life what they profess with the mouth. Whoever then desires to be reckoned among the disciples must labor to devote himself sincerely and honestly to the exercises of a new life. Unquote. And Calvin's words should comfort us. He was right. As soon as the gospel was proclaimed and began to grow, the truth of it is so obvious to the heart of all men because God made all men and men hold down, they suppress the truth, Paul says, in unrighteousness, but they know it is the truth. And what do men do? They seek to imitate that which is the truth so that their lie can pass as though it were the shining truth. There was a very clever ad on television a while back and on radio as well. It was a butter ad. And the point it made was that the oleo ads claim theirs tastes like butter. But no one who advertises ever uh, butter ever says, ours tastes like oleo. Of course not. Oleo is an imitation of butter. Every imitation or substitute is going to try to claim to be as good as the real thing. And so it is that this is a tribute to Christianity that there is so much hypocrisy around. There is no hypocrisy in Buddhism. What's there to be hypocritical about? Or in Islam there are no hypocrites. Because in Islam, what you do doesn't count as long as you go through the regular ritual of bowing towards Mecca three times a day and so on. Muhammad did say, after all, in direct contradiction to Paul, who said, he is an Israelite, that is, a true covenant man, belonging to the redeemed, the chosen people of God who is one inwardly. And what did Muhammad say? He is a Muslim who is one outwardly. Well, you can't have a hypocritical Muslim because it's all just appearance. It's all just show. And this is true of all the other religions of the world in varying degrees. Hypocrites, imitations, always imitate the truth. And so our Lord is warning us. Don't be surprised. Don't be dismayed that there are going to be hypocrites and false teachers. After all, here is the truth. And men are going to be pretenders to the truth. But do thou stand faithful. Let us pray. Our Lord and our God, we thank thee that thou hast called us to be thy people. Thou hast redeemed us and made us a new creation in Jesus Christ. Give us grace day by day to believe and obey thine every word, to rejoice in following thee. 
to depart from iniquity, lawlessness, and to be faithful members of thy Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Bless us to this purpose, we beseech thee. In Jesus' name, amen. Are there any questions now about our lesson? Yes. Uh, multitudes of modern Christians or <clears throat> evangelical Christians have declared the law and the prophets to be bankrupt and substitute instead Matthew 28:19 and make up a new law of evangelism and discipleship and the proper use of spiritual gifts. Uh, and of course, are lawless in the in the end. What's the best passage or program that we can present to them to show them their, their lawlessness? Yes, there are many who reduce the Bible to John 3.16. That's the starting point, salvation. But we are saved to serve, saved to do his will. Lo, I come in the volume of the book it is written of me to do thy will, O Lord. Thus spoke our Lord, and so are we all to speak. The best way to deal with people who want minimal Christianity, and that's what it's been called, minimal or minimum Christianity, just enough to get under the wire and to get into heaven, you know, which amounts to saying they want Jesus as a life and fire insurance salesman. The best thing to do is to point them to the Sermon on the Mount. By their fruits shall ye know them. Not every one that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Now, Aaron Ten Pass, in his little book, The Lordship of Christ, for which he's paid a price, because he was fired for writing that book a few years ago, has called attention to one man who has said, and he's one of the more famous preachers, all you have to do is to go forward and say, I believe in Jesus as my Lord and Savior. And then you can become an atheist. Then you can become an adulterer or a murderer. But you're still saved because the Lord has to keep his contract. Well, it's a two-way street. The Lord will not keep it if you despise it. You see, there's too much of that antinomianism abroad among a great many people. Uh, yes? Uh, <clears throat> what, uh, what kind of action should be taken uh, against those who are leaders in, uh, in, this, in this kind of teaching? Those who are antinomian in their preaching and their teaching and uh, who um, purposely keep people in this kind of position. What, what should we do about it? Well, you make your witness and then go on. Such people work finally to destroy themselves. The man that I just cited, that Aaron Tenpass cited, is, uh, what is his, Bob Thiem in uh, Houston, Texas. And he is destroying himself with the very incredible things he does. The way he talks, no Christian should talk and use language such as he does. Let them alone. If they will not hear you, they're going to destroy themselves because it'll be obvious they do not have the Spirit. 
Now, uh, 20 years ago, theme was a big name across country. But increasingly, he has lost a great deal of his audience precisely because how long can you follow a man whose behavior is as flagrant as his or who tells you that uh, you can commit any sin you want once you've said that you believe in Jesus and you're still going to be saved? Yes? I don't understand why anybody would believe him, how he would get any followers unless they were hypocrites to begin with. Well, there are enough sinners in this world who want to cheat substitute that you can always uh, get followers. But the point is, what do you do with them? Any other questions or comments? Well, next week we shall, or two weeks from now, we shall continue with the Sermon on the Mount with a concluding passage the wise and the foolish builder.